Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Stars. We begin this brand new series together, and I think for so many of us, it's gonna be one of those series that causes a pivot in our lives of going, all right, I, I get it. And that's gonna be one of those series. So I want you to do me a favor. Go ahead and take your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 13 is where we're gonna camp out today, verse 36. If you've got your app, Go ahead and pull that app out. If you don't, if you're not downloaded it before, North Star Church, Georgia, in the App Store, it's the easiest way to use that and follow along and keep up with what we're talking about today. So David, David is one of those characters that burst on the scene of Scripture and takes up a chunk of the Old Testament. We know a lot of stories about David. We know a lot of the highs of David. We know a lot of the lows of David. But yet, David got something you and I need to get. So Mark Twain said it this way, there's two great days in a man's life, the day he's born and the day he figures out why he was born. This series, and specifically today, is about that why. It's about that purpose that you were created for. So Across this room here in Compass and True North and out on the patio and watching online, there's people of all different ages. So if you're in this room and you're under 20, raise your hand real quick if you're under 20. All right, good. There's a good number of folks. You're lying on the front row. But anyway, so that's good. You shouldn't lie in church. So how many of y'all are in your 20s? Raise your hand. You're in your 20s. Good. Good chunk of you guys in your 20s. How many of y'all are in your 30s? All right, how many of y'all, it's none of your business how old y'all are anymore? You know, that's my crowd right there. Yes, sir, quit asking. All right, here's what I know about each one of those ages. Everybody's trying to figure out their purpose. Why was I put here? Why did God put me at this time, in this space, in this place? Today's for you. David, this great character, there's something written about him long after his time on earth. In fact, in fact, it was what God wanted us to know about David. Would you stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? We're letting you off easy. There's only one verse today. So we're gonna, we're gonna let you guys off really easy. Acts 13, verse 36. Now listen to this. After David had done the will of God in his own generation. He died, he was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. One translation says it this way. After David had served his purpose in his generation, he was done. What if that could be said about you? What if looking back on your life, God could say about you, yeah, they were everything I created them to be. Their goods were good, their bads were bad. But at the end of their days, they were exactly who I created them to be. If it could be said of David, it can be said of you too. Would you pray with me? Right where you're seated today, right where you're standing today, wherever you're at, would you ask God to show you your purpose? Would you? 
Father, not an accident we all ended up here today, not an accident we tuned in today, not an accident that we found ourselves here today. God, you got something bigger. You got something grander. And you've got something for us. So speak to us now. And Father, show us what you want for us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. Right, if you're, if you're thumbing in your phone today and you're getting ready to take notes, I want you to write down the word intentionality. You know, David, David faced a lot of giants in his life. One of the giants that David did not face, or David conquered, was he faced the giant of a wasted life. David's life had a ton of purpose, and that purpose always comes from intentionality. It comes from going, I've got something bigger. So last Sunday night I went, I got called by a group of guys that go here, and they're a young dads group, all right? And so it's a group of young dads, and they wanted to talk to, they wanted to ask me questions about what it's like to be an old dad, all right? Basically it was what it was like, and so I was like, that's hurtful. But, but, but bottom line is, when your kids are zero to 18, you can not live intentionally and wish those days away. How many of y'all have children in your home that are still in high school? Raise your hand if you still have kids in high school, okay? Those days are really easy to wish away. And one day they graduate, and we watch celebrations all over our community of graduates, right? And parents are celebrating them, and sending them off, and all those great, and it's all wonderful. But we have X amount of time to make a difference in their lives. The difference I make as a, as a dad now is very different than the influence I had when my son was nine. Very, very different. So how do we not waste our life? How at the end of our days can we look back in our journey and say, yeah, yeah, it wasn't perfect, but I made it count. It wasn't the greatest. There were some tough seasons, but I made my life count. Three things. Ready? To help us conquer the giant of a wasted life. Number one, we gotta look in. God made me unique. I love, I love how the writer in Acts, Luke, said, David. David was a specific person who was created uniquely to do what he did. David was a guy who did just race across history. No, 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 no. God put him together as the perfect combination of everything he needed to be for that season of life that he lived in. He was unique, and you're unique. There's nobody on earth quite like you. There's nobody on earth given the talents and abilities and, and all the opportunities, maybe, that you've been given. The wiring, the personality, the gift mix that you have, you are unique. Psalms 139, if you've never read that before, you need to read Psalm 139. It is all about the uniqueness that we've all been created for. God made you unique. He didn't make you like everybody else. He made you your own person in your own way with talents and abilities somebody else doesn't have. That was David. And it's really easy in this world to feel incredibly insignificant. 
right? We, we go, well, I'm not from the right family. I don't have the right pedigree. I don't have all the, the things that I need to have. And we feel incredibly insignificant, like why would, why would I matter? Why would God ever want me? We, that was the beginning of David's life, right? So let's do a little history lesson. Israel decides we need a king. We need a king. God's like, nah, I, I'll be your king. Israel's like, no, 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 we need a king. So they find the best looking joker around. You'll, you'll find joker somewhere in the Old Testament. Anyways, the best looking guy around named Saul. And so Saul is a military leader. Saul becomes the king. Saul looked the part and dressed the part and acted the part. The problem was Saul began to make some choices. God removed his hand from Saul and he told the prophet, he said, I need you to go and find, we're gonna give them a king, but it's gonna be my king. So I want you to go to the house of Jesse. He's got a son. So Saul shows up at Jesse's house and Jesse's like, well, gosh, yeah. And he parades out all his boys from oldest to youngest. In fact, Eliab was the guy who looked like a king. And he went all down the line and went, no, the, I don't think this is one of them. Do you have another one? And Jesse goes, well, yeah, he's out in the fields tending the flock. And he brings him in and Jesse goes, he's who I've been looking for. He's the one. Now, that's bad when your own daddy forgot you out in the field, right? You're, you're out there tending sheep. It's like they're having a party and you're taking care of the, the stuff. Insignificant to everybody but the Lord. God knew David was just what he needed. Now, you think about this. David learned while he was tending sheep how to be obedient to his father, Yes or no? Do you need obedience to be a great leader one day? Yes or no? Yes. You know, he learned how to lead people who aren't bright because he was leading sheep. Sometimes in work, do you have to lead people that aren't bright? Yes or no? Yes. All right, don't point. All right, it's rude. So David learned how to protect those sheep and eventually ended up killing a giant named Goliath because he said, I fought off a lion and a bear. What's a What's this put in front of me? John, Goliath's not too big. He's too big to miss. I mean, look at that noggin that guy's got. That guy, there's no way I'm gonna miss that. And you look at David's life and God used all of that story to shape him perfectly. Everybody look at me. Do you think yours is any different? Do you think you just happened? Do you think you just ended up here? Or maybe does God have something bigger for you? There's a purpose that you were created for that begins with your uniqueness. Okay, a little self-confession time. There are many days I wake up and I do not feel like I'm a good pastor. That's a fact, right? Um, in fact, let's just be honest, in 2003, when I assumed the role, the church never voted on me, all right? And so one day, the real pastor is just gonna show up and go, hey, I just got my assignment, and I gotta go, right? That's gonna happen. And I look at my life and go, I'm, I, I mean, I there's a lot of things about it I don't fit in with. But yet, 
It's what he's asked me to do for this season. Does that make sense to everybody? You're unique. He uses your talents and your abilities and your gifts and your shape for something bigger than you. You're unique. If you think, Mike, well, I'm just floating through and I just, you know, I I really don't matter. No, 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 no. You matter. The creator of it all goes, I think so much of you. I'm never gonna create another soul just like you. David. You're not gonna show up in heaven one day and God's not gonna look through a list and go, yeah, did you register for this event? All right, he's not gonna do that. He's gonna know you. He's gonna know your story. He's gonna know everything about you, right? Number two, you gotta look up. God gives me purpose. God gives me purpose. I got a good friend, his name's Sam Collier. Sam just started a great church here in Atlanta. Sam said this quote a couple years ago. In fact, it became a book, but it's, it's perfect for this. I want you to write this down, ready? When my story connects with his story, it becomes a greater story. When my story connects with his story, it becomes a greater story. When all of a sudden I see it's not about me and it's not about what I can do or can't do, it's about something bigger than me, we begin to live out a greater story in our lives. Think think about what it said about David. When David, now think about this power, this statement, had done the will of God. That's a powerful statement. And that's not, that's not his kids talking about him. That's God speaking about David. When David had done exactly what I created him for. Everybody look at me. What if at the end of your days, God said, you did exactly what I created you for. You did it to the T. Now, so we're gonna give you a little softball. I, wanna, I, wanna, I always give pop quizzes here at North Star to make you feel better about yourself. So here's a little pop quiz. Yes or no? Do you think there were days in David's life he regretted? Yes or no? All right. Was David always good about every decision he made? No. Okay. That's right. But yet at the end of it, God said he did my will. You're going to have days you regret. You're going to have days you look back on in your journey as you see that specific moment. You're like, that was not a good moment. David had those moments. If you're like, Mike, I don't have any regrets, then the people around you are regretting. All right, you don't have regrets because you're arrogant and conceited, all right? And so we all have regrets. We all, that's just fact. It's a fact of life. But yet doing the will of God is a macro story, not a micro story. I remember hearing I was a teenager and I heard a pastor, I don't even know who it was, say this comment. He said, God's will is exactly what you would choose if you knew all the facts. It's exactly what you would want. Problem is we just don't see it as we live it. God never wastes our time and he never wastes our experiences. Mark Rutland, the great 
leader, pastor in his book called David the Great. He said, he said this, being a man after God's own heart means living life open and submitted to God's will and timing. It means telling him, I'm yours and I will trust in you no matter what. Part of finding your purpose is this, when you realize it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about him. If you think your purpose is about you, you're gonna miss this. But when you, the light, I got a text in between Steve and I were reading it down here earlier. A sweet lady who watched this morning, I got a text from her friend that the light bulb came on today. It's not about me. It's about something bigger. David, David got why he was here. So in the Old Testament, Isaiah says this, I am the potter, God says, and you are the clay. So I got a question for you today. Have you ever taken your gifts, abilities, talents, skills, you, and just say, God, just do with me what you want? When you do that, all of a sudden, you're gonna watch things just get in alignment. Does it mean that you're gonna make more money? Maybe not. Does it mean that you're gonna all of a sudden become the president of the United States? No. What it means is this. You're gonna watch your life begin to make sense. You know, we call it, as we get older, we call it perspective, right? We get perspective. Well, what's perspective? It's looking back and understanding. I didn't know what I didn't know then, but I get it now. Does that make sense to everybody? The will of God is exactly what you want. So why hold back? Somewhere along the way, David went, God, I, I'm just yours. Now, time out. There were days in that journey for David, we'll hit during this series. There were days in that journey, David didn't like the way it was working out. The book of Psalms, they're basically cries and pleas from David to God of where are you? Why have you forgotten me? Why'd you leave me here? But yet you find David and all of those coming back saying, but God, I trust you. But God, I trust you. But God, I trust you. That's part of living out that will of God. We've gotta look in. We've gotta look up. Finally, number three, we gotta look around. We gotta look around. God places us strategically. Everybody look at me. Where he put you, where he sent you, not an accident. It was strategic. See, David, David's an interesting character because here's David in the Old Testament, but yet you find Jesus in the New Testament says he came from the city, he was born in the city of David. He was from the line of David. You, you see this thread. This, this book, I love the Bible, love it. It's a book of redemption. 
And it's a book of God going, I want to bring man back to me. And he uses all these crazy characters, man, all over it to tell one story. You're in the story. Do you know that? You're in his story. Do you ever think God put you at your job not for the talent you have, but for the people you would meet? We don't do what we do and that becomes our purpose. That's not your purpose. The the purpose is what you do while you do what you do. That's your purpose. My purpose, your purpose isn't to be a business leader or a coach or that's what you do. Your purpose is bigger than that. It's the people you do it with. Can I tell you something you find in the will of God? When your story attaches to his story, it helps somebody else's story. That's your purpose. Your purpose is him and others. So during the crazy last year we've had, one of the days we came up here and got in our files and I pulled out all my marriage certificates. I mean, there's a stack. It's unbelievable. I don't know how many have made it, but there's a big old stack. And so there's a lot of people in that stack. Then I pulled out the file. I hadn't thought about it. It was the death certificates that you get when I do a service. It was a bunch, a lot. All very different people. One thing I can tell you about all those services though, It didn't matter who the person was or what they did. We never talked about their job. I remember doing a service this past year for one of my favorite people. Ended up uh, through a surgery, ended up in a wheelchair, but he created a concept that's used worldwide in airports. Phenomenal. Do you know that didn't even get brought up? Why? Because it wasn't about what he did. It was about who he was. David served in his own generation. You and I have a generation too. 1969, I was born. And there's a dash that'll be on my tombstone. There'll be a day one day that I'm finished. That little dash is a big deal because that's about how I lived out my purpose here in this generation. And nobody will stand up at my service and talk about what I did, but they will talk about who I was. Years ago, I did a service right down the street here at Winken Hoffer. <clears throat> I knew the family quite well. They sat right there every Sunday when we had long rows, right? They sat right there. And they brought who I thought was this guy's mom. I didn't know. I'd see him out drinking coffee every week, and I'd always speak to her, and I knew she was older, and but she got sick, and I went over to their home before she passed, sat down in her little, they had uh, created a little area downstairs for us, and they told me the story. It wasn't his mom. In fact, it was the lady that was his caregiver when he was a little boy and his parents couldn't take care of him anymore and she had taken him in as her own son 
here they were at the end of life taking her in as their mom. And he said, Mike, you're going to be shocked at the service. Normally, if, I, if Daniel, I, or Steve, we do a service for somebody in their teens or 20s or 30s, there's a lot of people. But usually as a person gets older, there's just, you know, I mean, your, your circle sort of dwindles and it's family and a few tight friends. I walked in winking off for that day for this little, little bitty. She reminded me so much of my granny. Little bitty old lady who you don't even know her name. There were a lot of people who did. That room was packed. He said, Mike, when the service starts and you tell her story, I want you to ask the question, would you be who you are today without this lady? And he said, let them respond. So I did as I was asked. I said, if you're in the room today and your story is completely different because of her story, would you stand in this room? All these kids that are now in their 30s and 40s stood and they were all kids that had come through her home that she took care of. And she became the mama they didn't have. And there were doctors and there were lawyers, there were nurses, there were teachers police officers standing around this room and her story had changed their story and she had pointed them all to Jesus and who they were created to be I'll never forget it as long as I live on this earth I will never forget it can I ask you a question today would that be true of you or is your story about you not about others. God has a plan for you that's bigger than you if you lean into it. He didn't leave you here to take up space. He didn't leave you here to just occupy this point in history. He left you here for you, for this time to discover who you are created. Father I, Father, I remember that day down at that funeral home like it was yesterday. Because I remember as I was speaking, this thought going through my mind, purpose. She took her life, submitted it to you, and gave it away and blessed others. What would happen in our world, Father, if we live that way? If we live knowing there was something bigger than us and a part of a bigger story, God, I trust you. Maybe you're here today and you're watching online maybe and you go, Mike, I've never met Jesus and that's where it all begins. That's where you find that purpose because you find out that he came for you and died for you 
Well, can I lead you in a prayer to meet him? It goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you live for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. True North, Steph's going to tell you what's next. Compass, Seth's going to tell you and watch it online. Your chat host and Seth will bring that home for you. What does that mean? Maybe, though, you're like, Mike, I know the Lord, but I'll be honest, I'm just wasting my time. I'm not making my days count. I don't feel unique. I don't feel like there's a bigger purpose. But I want to surrender today to the Lord to go, God, I don't want to waste another day. Right where you at? Would you just talk to him? Jesus, take our story and make it part of your story. And that's my prayer. And I pray it in Jesus' name.